0: This is Declan Spring. Welcome to the podcast. Okay, so it's been just a little while since I uploaded a new episode, and there's a reason for that. I have been hard at work on a second podcast project for my local association of realtors, the Bridge Association of Realtors. A couple of months ago, we launched a weekly podcast series Called The Bridge Association of Realtors Podcast. And I'll put a link in the liner notes to that podcast so you can check it out and you can like or subscribe or share it. What I thought I might do today is do a kind of a cross-brand. So the, um, the conversation that's coming up here is with Evelyn Freitas. She's a mortgage banker and I chatted with her for a little while. The podcasts for the Bridge Association of Realtors are shorter than my own. I usually go on for about an hour, but we're trying to keep the Bridge Association podcast quite a bit shorter, maybe 15 to 20 minutes. So you're going to hear some different music as we segue into um, the most recent episode of Bridge Association of Realtors podcast, and uh, I hope you enjoy the conversation. And I hope you will check out the Bridge Association of Realtors podcast. I'm here with Evelyn Freitas, who is a lender, a loan agent. What do you prefer?
1: I think of myself as a mortgage banker.
0: Okay, you're a mortgage banker. And we mostly think of you guys as lenders. Yeah. Or loan agents.
1: Sure. We are that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, so many terms. With Guaranteed Rate, right? Yes, that's right. Are they just called Rate now?
1: No, they're called Guaranteed Rate. Okay, good. Mm -hmm.
0: You're an affiliate member of Bridge Association of Realtors. I am. Thank you for being an affiliate member. We really appreciate the great professional advice you bring and the support you bring to Bridge Association of Realtors, so thank you for that.
1: Absolutely. It's actually great to be a member of the association and to be able to learn so much from all the great realtors and the other affiliate members who are there.
0: Yeah. I've known you for a long time. Yep. You know, you and I are, are friends for about 10 years. We
1: go way back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which is nice. Um, how long have you been in in lending?
1: I started in late 2004. So ah. it's been about 19 years. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm.
0: So you've ridden roller coasters several times at this point. Oh, yeah. And I do want to specifically, I, I wanted to talk to you about the Dream for All program even though it's completely fallen apart at this stage. I, I think when you walked in here today, I said, well, we're going to talk about the Dream for All program. And you said the Dream for Very Few program. Yes. Because <laughs> that's kind of how it turned out. But um, going back to 2004, when you got your license, just tell me a little about what it was like then and how you've grown. Were you, were you living in the Bay Area You're from the Bay Area, right?
1: Yeah, I'm from the Bay Area. I grew up in Fairfield, not far from here, and came to this part of the Bay Area when I started going to university at Cal. Uh I Straight out of Cal, Mm. I worked as a bookkeeper for several years. I was in the seafood wholesale business for quite a while, and uh, I got tired of bookkeeping, and I had the opportunity to get into the lending business. Somebody who I knew who was a lender who came to talk to me about how to set up bookkeeping for his business uh-huh. shifted gears in the middle of that conversation and said that he thought I was good at explaining complex financial terms in an easy to understand way. Oh, wow. And that would be great for people who were buying their first home. So, had I ever thought about making a change? Mm and I really was thinking about making a change. After 18 years as a bookkeeper, I was pretty tired Mm. of that cycle of business, and Mm -hmm. I was really looking for something to do that was more meaningful in a way. Mm -hmm. So I jumped at that opportunity, and here I am now. In 2004, the market was so different from how it is now. Mm -hmm. There was more property on the market, so there were more opportunities for buyers. And that's when I jumped in and started just meeting people, building um, a book of business, a database. And um, it's just kind of taken off from there. But yeah, I've been through a few different markets. Yeah, With this one, this real estate cycle, I mean, prices have been going up since, what, 2011? Yeah. What kind of a cycle is that?
0: It's not much of a cycle. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I'm just, at this point, I'm just waiting to see where it's all going. Because it, yes. it doesn't make a lot of sense to me if we are still to say this is a cyclical yes. business.
0: Well, I think for us here, in the particularly in the East Bay, right, which is really the only market I can properly speak about, um, we just have this, this terribly... Difficult challenge uh, with supply. So, our demand is just constantly outstripping supply. I mean, just geographically, we're limited and there's not much uh, available as far as mature, you know, neighborhoods, single family homes with a 5,000 square foot lot, right? Right,
1: right. There's just not a lot. Everybody's waiting for somebody to decide to sell their property and move somewhere else. Yeah. Or, Perhaps for more property to be built, but in the existing home market, right. there's just not a lot. It seems like we're full.
0: Yeah, we are and and, and you know when we talk about cycles, we could talk about interest rate cycles. Rates got super low for a while, and now now rates are higher, and uh, it's problematic as far as you know homeowners not wanting to give up their loan, you know and perhaps uh, you know choosing to stay in the current home because they want to stay in their current loan. And that's also, you know, uh, limiting the the amount of inventory we have. Like, let's talk about refi for just a second because it's incidental to that. Uh, This time two years ago, you were probably doing a huge volume of refi.
1: I was doing a lot. People were taking advantage of the great interest rates that
0: were available then. Right. It was probably your primary income source. I don't know, but, you know, you were doing a lot of purchase as well.
1: I'm focused primarily on purchases because they are less interest rate sensitive. Yeah. However, when people are wanting to apply for refinances, I mean, who am I to say no to that?
0: Right. (laughs) But there's a lot less refi right now.
1: I think I did maybe three of them last year. Yeah. And I've done only purchases so far this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a measure of things. So just uh, something you mentioned you were in the um seafood industry mm-hmm. right and yeah. and it seems that you and i may have crossed paths in the 90s cuz you were listening to last week's podcast um with um felicia with mm-hmm. felicia maris villa our uh, our esteemed president and she was asking me questions about you know, how I'd come to the States. Yeah. And and I had mentioned to her that I worked at Fisherman's Wharf in the in the early nineties as a busser. Mm-hmm. And you listened to that podcast, you said, We probably met each other. What were you doing?
1: I worked for a company for about seven years that was located at Pier 45. Okay. And that company started out buying crayfish from the Sacramento River Delta and selling them to some of the white tablecloth restaurants in the city. You know, Creole cuisine was very popular then. Uh-huh. And then that company branched out into several different kinds of seafood, all kinds of fish and oysters. And so, mm. and it's a really fascinating business because you've got perishable inventory. There is a lot of urgency to mm. move your inventory mm-hmm. when you're in the fresh seafood business. Yeah, And in a way that's, there's a similar urgency in real estate. It's different because homes don't smell bad after they sit on the market for a while, but they definitely have a different
0: level of appeal. Again, incidentally, I just happened to be reading because I never read it before. I'm reading Anthony Bourdain's uh, Kitchen Confidential. And of course, I think he, he underscored for the for the naive public, about you know, what are your best days to eat fish when you go to a restaurant? But that you know, that's information from the from the late eighties, early nineties. I don't know if it's still, if it's still relevant. But yeah, exactly yes. what you're speaking to. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Sunday's not the best day, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, <that's> great stuff. <laughs> so, um, so we might have run into each other. I kept, uh, I kept late hours at Fiddler's Green. Uh huh. If you were ever uh, in Fiddler's Green. Um, I don't think so. It's a, uh, a, a an under celebrated uh, Irish pub down at Fisherman's Wharf. Well, I celebrated there every night of the week, but uh, that's back when I drank. So, mm-hmm. um, so okay.
1: You mentioned Vesuvio though, and I did go there a fair amount. You know, my hours were. I started around five thirty or six in the morning, yeah, and would be done around two or three in the afternoon, yeah. So then I'd go hit Vesuvio's for a little while, and then hop on Bart and head back to the East Bay where I lived.
0: Then I thought it might be fun to ask, to ask ChatGPT, well, what would prospective home buyers, uh, you know, what should they ask a lender? That's a great because, idea. Yeah, I'm I'm playing around with ChatGPT as we all should be, um, because the world is going to change. So here's a question I asked ChatGPT. What are three important questions a prospective homebuyer should ask when qualifying a real estate loan agent? And here is what ChatGPT said. As a prospective home buyer, it's important to ask the right questions to ensure that you choose a competent and reliable real estate loan agent. Here are three important questions you should ask when qualifying a real estate loan agent. One, what experience do you have in the industry? We've kind of covered that, right? Yeah. You've been doing this for a while. Two, no, this isn't the second question. This is just the second part of the first question. It's important to know how long the loan agent's been in the real estate industry, what type of loans they specialize in. This information can give you an idea of the agent's expertise and knowledge of the industry and can help make an informed decision. And the second question here is what loan products do you offer? I guess that's a pretty good question. Um, Different loan agents offer different types of loan products. It's important to ask about the loan products the agent offers, such as FHA, VA, conventional loans, and other specialized loan programs. This information can help you choose the right loan product that meets your financial needs. I don't know if that is really a great question or not. You know, ChatGPT frequently gives you a bum steer confidently, but a bum steer nonetheless. But that sounds like a pretty good question.
1: I think that is a good question. You want to make sure that you're working with somebody who has options for you. And I think it would be terrible to make a connection with someone and be working through these options and then find out that the best one for you is not offered by that loan agent or by the company
0: that they work for. Uh Uh-huh. So maybe you can tell me what's the difference between an institutional lender, which I understand that to be like the bigger banks, Wells Bank of America, Chase, et cetera, versus a company or brokerage like Rate. What are the differences there?
1: So institutional lenders like Wells or a particular bank, they're offering their suite of programs. Mm -hmm. right? And they might write those programs or underwrite them directly with the investor, investors like Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA or VA. I think when you work with somebody like Guaranteed Rate, you're getting more options available to you because we we directly underwrite FHA, VA, conventional loans with both Fannie and Freddie. Mm-hmm. We also work with some more out of the box type investors, credit unions, mm-hmm. some of the bigger banks that have programs that might be a little bit out of the box for people whose um, whose qualifications don't fit that cookie cutter mm-hmm. guideline situation. Okay. And then even some private broker companies that are Ooh. lending their own money. And so they get to decide what the guidelines are for any given borrower. So mm-hmm. I, what I like about that is that it seems like no matter what a client's situation is, mm-hmm. if there is a loan product available mm-hmm. to them I probably have access to somebody who offers that. Mm -hmm. And that was actually one of the things that really excited me about coming to work at guaranteed rate was like, I felt like I had the whole candy store available to my clients. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So greater, greater variety of products to fit various needs. The third question chat GPT feels is important. Uh, is how do you communicate with clients? uh, ChatGPT says, effective communication is crucial in any real estate transaction. It's important to know how the agent communicates with their clients, whether it's through phone, email, in-person meetings. You should also ask about their response time and availability to ensure they're responsible responsive and available when you need them. That's a pretty good question.
1: I think so too. I think that's a good question for people to ask. I would say for me, the goal is to communicate with the client the way they prefer to be communicated with. Right. Right. If they're a phone person, then I'm not going to be sending them a lot of emails. Mm. Um, maybe they prefer real-time conversations so that they can ask their questions in real time. Mm-hmm. I like to work with people the way it works for them mm-hmm. and make that work for me as much as possible.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think response time is is really important, especially depending on what part of a home search or what part of the transaction the client is involved in. Mm-hmm. I do my best to get back to people as quickly as possible and that can be prioritized on where they are in the process. Mm -hmm. If they're in contract, that response time's got to be a lot quicker than if they are deciding if they're going to fill out an application or not.
0: Mm -hmm. That makes sense. You and I have had transaction-related conversations late at night that were crucial to the buyer's ability to perform. Right. And so, yeah.
1: I would just say that when a client is in contract there's so much more going on and emotionally the stakes are so much higher Mm. part of my goal as a mortgage banker is to help people feel more comfortable and more informed as they go through the process so that it is less stressful for them and might even be fun Oh, to God buy forbid. your house, right? And so if somebody is calling me in the evening and they're really concerned about something, I want to get back to them. I want to talk through that and help them sleep better at yeah. night and know that whatever is happening that it's being dealt with mm. at the highest level.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That sounds really good. And I and I've I've seen you do that in in uh you know, in in real life, IRL as they say, right? Uh, <laughs> yes,
1: where chat GPT does not live. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I like using chat GPT for this. I should just say, cause this is how we use chat GPT nowadays. As far as I'm concerned, we, we use it to, um, to provide some, you know, give us a prompt and give us a starting point. Um, but we, then we have to check the facts that exist within the answer because they're not always right. And so it's kind of fun. So thanks for humoring me with that. And then, uh, we don't have much time left but let's just talk a little about the well the dream for all which program which was a dream it turns out it was just a dream then we all woke up on like day 7 or whatever it was and 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 uh, that was there was the dream was gone when we woke up it was too fast but that sort of left me thinking well you know what are the other types of products that are available to people for down payment assistance
1: There are several different programs that are available, and they're all set up a little bit differently to meet the needs of different people. There are some programs that are um, done by lottery. For instance, there's the AC Boost program in Alameda County, where I think that it's lottery winners from 2021 are going through the process right now. That's an equity-sharing program. Cal HFA, who administered the Dream for All program, they also have several other programs that can offer layers of down payment assistance, either for down payment or closing costs or both. Mm -hmm. There are some... Private organizations that offer down payment assistance. There is one called the Chinoa Fund that works with FHA loans and that can provide either forgivable or repayable down payment assistance. Mm-hmm. And there's another one through Golden State Finance Authority that is sort of similar to the Chinoa Fund. Mm-hmm. They all help different people a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. They do not all require people to be a first-time homebuyer. So if there are people who might be buying their second home but need additional funds, mm-hmm. some of the programs that don't require you to be a first-time homebuyer might be of use. Mm-hmm. And so there's a quite a variety of mm-hmm. programs out there. Um, Guaranteed Rate also has a first-time homebuyer program that removes some of the adjustments that we typically make to a person's loan profile, depending on the credit score or how much they're putting down. Mm -hmm. If our first time home buyer meets certain income requirements, we just remove all of those adjusters. Mm. And so somebody who qualifies for those programs, they get treated the same If they have a 620 FICO score as somebody who's got a 780, Mm -hmm. right? So that's removing some of the barriers and Mm -hmm. reducing the interest rate for people, which can help them qualify for more. Mm. So like with anything else in real estate, it really, the solutions are tailored to the needs of the individual, Mm -hmm. right? There's no one size fits all solution. I mean, the Dream for All program, that was really a wonderful program, or I should say it is really a wonderful program. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, there will be more funds set aside for that. And so maybe they could have done a better job of defining all as approximately 2,500 households that there was enough money for. Right. That, I mean, that just went by in a blur.
0: It's kind of bonkers, and and it just speaks to the demand out there for practical solutions to you know
1: absolutely there's so much demand for people to buy homes the high demand chasing limited inventory is driving the prices up and so this program really helped people to compete yeah yeah
0: yeah and and arguably it 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 helped push values up a little in its short you know period of existence
1: for the transactions that happened in those 11 days that right. it was available, yeah. I mean maybe we'll see a little bit of a price bump. It would be interesting to see what the statistics are. Yeah, next month, once those transactions have closed, yeah, we'll yeah. have more data on them.
0: Well, I look forward to following up with you about that because I'm curious to see too how it all how it all played out, you know.
1: Yeah, I'm curious about that as well. And I'm also really interested to see if the state of California appropriates more funds for that program in the new budget.
0: Right. There isn't much clarity given to us around that right now. That was another part of this that was difficult was it was it was so ultra fast, everything just happening so quickly. The, The program was launched and just trying to clarify details around it and funding and all of that seems to be nearly impossible. Yeah. it was just a lot of speculation
1: yes however the people who got ready ahead of time and were poised to jump the minute that program went live
0: mm-hmm. those
1: are the people who were successful with that program and so that there's an argument for getting pre-approved early
0: so so that's so that's where we'll where we'll end this because i think that's you're right that's very very instructive that at that the end of the day if you're looking to buy property in the future Getting your ducks in a row, reaching out to a lender sooner rather than later and establishing that relationship is absolutely the key to success.
1: I think that getting pre-approved really helps people through their thought process and helps them assess not just what they can do, but what they really want to do. By understanding how much money you need to close in any given scenario, as well as what your monthly payment's going to be, that can really shape people's expectations and also really give them an idea of, well, where are the properties that I'm looking at? And I sometimes joke with people that getting pre-approved is really the GPS to your realtor's car.
0: Yes, exactly right. That's exactly right. Nicely put. I really like that. Okay, if anybody's reaching out to you, be they an agent or or somebody who's thinking of buying property, um, how can they reach you? Phone number, email? They
1: can call me at 510-501-8473, or they can email me at evelyn.freitas at com.
0: Great. Are you social media savvy or that's just private?
1: I am on social media on Instagram. I'm at look sister. It's a very old handle. Don't ask me why. (laughs) Um, And I'm also on Facebook as well and LinkedIn too for that older generation who's still bumping around on LinkedIn.
0: I think that's it. Evelyn Freitas. I am so pleased you took the time to chat with us today.
1: I really appreciate the invitation, and it's always a pleasure to chat with you, Declan.
0: And oh, one last burning question. Are you going to the Tipsy Put uh, fundraiser?
1: I am. I just <laughs> got my ticket, okay. and I have no idea what kind of golf outfit to wear. I guess I'll be looking for some baggy knickers and an argyle vest or something like right. that yeah but i'm really looking forward to it i'm looking forward to the putting and not so much to the being tipsy part but we'll see <laughs> what happens
0: <laughs> well you know the 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 uh, all the east bay uh, thrift and goodwill stores are going to be wondering why there's been a run on argyle vests
1: exactly
0: <laughs> i've anyway. got to
1: get there before felicia morris does <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: Don't upstage our president.
1: I would not dream
0: of doing such a thing. (laughs) Listen, have a great afternoon. Thank you. Thank you as well.